Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here's your host, Brett Allen. Welcome in to another episode of the Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast 2022. We are back with amazing interviews, and today we are chatting with Kevin Alves. You know him from the Showtime banger, uh, Yellow Jackets. If you haven't seen this show, um, my God, you absolutely have to. Uh, welcome in, my friend. It's great to have you here today. No, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Now we have how many episodes left? One or two? I'm I'm trying to track this. We have uh, but... two, we have two left from when we're taping this. So we have this Sunday okay. and then we have the finale. Uh, so this will clearly go out long before uh, the finale hits. Now I have to say, this is probably one of the most uh, unique shows that I've seen uh, on television. As somebody who you know streams content regularly and watches programs all the time for interviews and just to keep up with this is one I feel that has held my attention and probably a lot of people's attention longer than most. Now, a lot of people, I mean, the show's been out for a while, so we're not really spoiling anything unless you just haven't watched it yet, but essentially a group of high school students are headed to a soccer match. The plane crashes and you're stranded and it time jumps from like the mid nineties ish to yeah. currently let's talk about your character because you have a very poignant role and significant role in the show um and is one that is not just a ancillary character but really is driving the storyline uh last week you left us on a massive cliffhanger how did you come about this project i know you've done a lot of different things lock and key people know you from that um but let's talk about your involvement and just kind of what your experience has been uh, filming such a such a great show. Uh, yeah, honestly, I've I've been so grateful this year. Like uh, doing this show was amazing, and uh, really, I was I was quite lucky because I was in my last week of shooting Lock and Key when I, we started to reach out and look for other projects. And I believe it was a week after I was done my last episode on Lock and Key that this uh, the first audition for this show came in. Okay. And it was about a week later that I was on this show. And then right away, um, I was uh, I was having a Zoom call with the EPs, the creators of the show, um, and, and our director of episode two, Jeremy Travis. And we were already discussing the role. And... Um, and honestly, I haven't been, I've been in some really great crews and cast together that collaborated really well, Lock and Key being one of them. Um, but this show, I was so excited to have a sit down conversation right from the get go with this team and say like, and they were so open. They just asked, what, what do you want to know? What do you need to know? What, what, what do you have questions about what we're going to do in this season and the role? And I remember just having like one one or two that I said, you know, I'm not the kind of actor who needs to know everything that's going to happen to him, but is there anything in his past that's happened that's going to inform the future that we're only going to find out gotcha. later? 
And so I wanted to know stuff like that. Um, and then I also asked like, is this role, is he going to become destructive? Is he going to become redemptive? Like where, where are we headed so that we don't start too far on one end with no return. Right. I want to make sure that we were, we weren't giving away to the audience, everything that's happening all the time, but giving them a three dimensional character that had time to grow and change and, and three dimensional yet, because it's a, a teen male in the nineties, two dimensional, because in many ways, whatever, whatever Travis shows um, these teenage girls that he's around is two dimensional because he's, yeah. he doesn't want to show all the sides of himself. And so that was, it's been interesting seeing everyone's reviews and people talking about him in the sense of like, you know, his decisions are terrible and, and everything he's doing, you know, he's, he's misogynistic and all these things. And I kind of go like, good. I'm glad that that's the point that's getting across because if you sat there and you, and you like this teenage boy who was making making terrible decisions in the nineties, like he would, um, that would be the problem. If I gave you this likable 2021 version of this role, then, then I wouldn't feel like I was authentically giving you what, what was actually happening in 1996. And so, um, that was nice because we got to have conversations about who he was on the inside and who he showed on the outside. And, and that, and that was really important to me. So that involvement and, and, and also just knowing that, Travis was going to be such a huge forward story point in the future as well. And what was happening with him and what happened to him and what's going on. That was, uh, that was exciting to just know that stuff so early on and to, uh, to collaborate with these really, really, really great creators and writers, honestly. Yeah. I think, you know, what really drives this um, and makes it successful. I mean, obviously actors, I mean, it's got, so many amazing people, both the cast of the future and the past. And as a sidebar, as a teenager of the 90s, 93, what's happening is, I would say, fairly accurate to what a teenage guy in the 90s might say or do. Um, So there's no like, you know, well, I don't know. It's pretty straightforward outside of like there being a massive plane crash and, um, so we won't say what happens to your character in the future because, yeah. but we do know a lot of things do happen and center around him. And really, as you said, so well <clears throat> drive the story forward. And I have to say, it's very interesting um, that they gave you what they did, but also your choices to decide, you know, what kind of information that you wanted um, knowing is this character going to be redemptive or is he going to be destructive or w- what is his future story arc? So you pretty much had all the pieces it seems that you needed to really develop this character. I will tell you, I think it's in the first episode, there's a flash forward and what I got was very much a Lord of the Flies kind of vibe as far as like how this thing was going to turn out. You're nodding your head. Is did you feel the same way? Was that even a conversation while you're making this and directing it? Was that sort of? It's, it would seem that there was somewhere, somewhere along the line, someone had been influenced by this kind of story because it's very similar in nature as far as like at least being stranded and then learning how to survive. Did that conversation come up at all? I'm very curious, just off the top of my head, if that was something that was even discussed. Yeah, I believe the discussions in terms of comparing to other productions came in the light in light of us talking about inspirations. Okay, and, okay, and, and our and our and and things that you know 
the creators and the writers and us, we all looked at as great material from the past and, you Got know, it. Got and, it. and drawing upon like uh, some beautiful arcs, but making sure that this was its own story and making sure. sure that it was its own thing, but that, yeah, it could have, you know, survival instinct can be found in so much material. And so to be able to put this, the, this thing together, I think Ashley and Bart are just so brilliant and they, and they put together a story that kind of takes the best in a lot of great, uh, a lot of great stories. And yet um, is so original and, and so its own thing at the same time. But yeah, those conversations came up more as like a, let's, you know, we're proud that we have those, that people are making those comparisons. For sure. More like after the fact, once we saw everyone else more so making those comparisons after the fact, it's, it's almost like this idea that like, we're proud that like we're being even uh, considered as, as a part of like those kinds of inspirations and those kinds of stories. Yeah. I mean, it is just fantastic and I'm excited to see what happens uh, for your character <clears throat> and really just how the story ends because i mean you it every week it's very driving um and you just go what the hell is going to happen next now i always like to ask your path to storytelling please correct me if i'm wrong there were other things that you did uh before becoming an actor uh figure skating is that correct and yeah. a few other things um how what was it that interested you in acting because I mean, I guess the creative arts are the creative arts. I mean, regardless of what you're doing, but what was the jump for you that made you go, okay, I want to try acting instead of maybe, you know, athletics or things. And that's pretty common too. A lot of actors start out doing those things and then find that uh, the money is better and safer. Uh, it's a lot easier to do than, you know, maybe something that could cause you to break a leg or an arm or a broken yeah. rib cage or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, figure skating happened early on in my life. And okay. so I was six years old and my sister skated and my mom loved skating. And so we, uh, we went to go watch this show. I don't know if you've ever heard of stars on ice. It's like, Oh skating, yeah, very much. So show, went and saw right? it hundreds of times as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, we got to watch Kurt Browning do this number called Ragatone that he did with Sandra Bezik. And it's oh, a yeah. clown number where he's got a red nose and they just have these like guitar strings that are playing and that's it. And and perfectly timed the whole thing to what he's doing. And it was the funniest, most entertaining thing I'd ever seen. I was six years old and I went to my mom the next day and I said, I want to skate. The next week, she's like, okay, sure. She buys me. She comes home with hockey skates. I look at her and I'm like, no. And she's like, what do you mean? I just got you these skates. Like you said, you want us to skate. Here you go. <laughs> and, I turn to her and I'm like, no, no, no. I want skates like her Browning. So at six years old, I kind of knew that figure skating was what I wanted to do. That wasn't hockey. wasn't anything else. And I think the cool part was, is that throughout that year, I also, I loved watching TV. I was a very independent kid in that sense. Like I would get up on Saturday mornings, watch my shows that I loved on, on, you know, Disney and family and all those networks. And, um, and I just knew I wanted to do it. So honestly, and you know, everyone that knew me when I was a kid could attest to this. Uh, when I was about seven years old, I knew I wanted to skate. I wanted to be an international skater. And then I wanted to act and it was done. And I kind of just never looked back. I don't know. I, since then I just ran. And once skating was kind of coming to a close, I started taking acting classes. I started um, working with an agent and 
I just never stopped. So I'm just going to keep riding the wave for as long as it lets me. <laughs> yeah, well, I say go for it. And yes, we would see that. We would go see the Ice Capage, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was a predecessor to that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, all the things that just kind of came along as a result of it. Well, Kevin, this is great. I'm excited to see what happens. You just did a phenomenal job. Uh, if you haven't seen this, this is, I love this. This is great. Um, I mean, there's a lot more to your character than just that, but that's also a very pivotal scene, uh, that people need to see and, uh, excited two more episodes left. Uh, when this goes to air, people will be able to watch it and listen to it before Sunday. Uh, please check out yellow jackets. It's on showtime. It's streaming. There's several episodes for you to watch. If you haven't seen lock and key, be sure to do that. And uh, Kevin, I appreciate your time. Thanks for hanging out with us today on the show. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.